apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Joel Turner. Joel first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. With RJ, I'm Steve Risser along here with Justin Anafrio. And the baseball playoffs started last night, and the Phillies, the defending National League champs, had a nice win to start off the postseason as they beat the Marlins four to one, thanks to six and two thirds innings from uh, Zach Wheeler. He pitched really well. You got key hits from uh, from Nick Castellanos. You got you got a you got, you got a couple other key hits too from guys like uh, you know Alex Bohm and uh, Bryson Stott. So the Phillies up one zero. And the big question is now is, is what do the defending National League champs have to do to get to Atlanta on Saturday? And uh, I, I think that uh, it's for them to close it out tonight, uh, Nola's got to pitch really well, just like Wheeler did last night. And they got to keep getting key hits from Castellanos and Bohm. And they need a little bit more to Harper. You saw last night as Harper struck out with, uh, with second, third, and one out. So uh, if they get those things done, there's no way they won't be – they won't win tonight, and they'll and they will be able, and that will set up a rematch with the Braves on Saturday. Yeah, I'm with you, Nola. Tonight, he seems like a pitcher that's you know he'll give you seven shutout innings, or you know he'll go four or five innings and give up three, four runs. So yeah, they need a really nice start tonight for Marinola because um, Braxton Garrett's been pretty good so far in his rookie year, but it's his first postseason start. 
And, you know, Miami's offense, you know, the problem is they can't score a ton of runs. So if you can kind of jump on them early here, um, it, it's going to be really tough for Miami to come back. So, yeah, you know, that. So, Noel, and then, yeah, the lineup. Um, I think every, the starting nine last night, everybody had at least one hit. But, yeah, a couple of the key guys um, at the top, that lineup got to, got to um, contribute when there's guys on and kind of knock a couple of those runs in. And, you know, Trey Turner, he's, he's been awesome since like August 4th. Um, he's like down like over three thirty. So yeah, I, you know, I, and I think the Phillies will, will uh, take care of business tonight and move on to, uh, to uh, Atlanta this weekend. I think so too. And you talked about Trey Turner ever since he got that, that standing out, he's picked it up. He's picked it up. And that's been huge for that lineup. That lineup has gotten even deeper. With him and Harper and uh, and Schwarber and Castellanos and Real Muto and Bohm. so really ever since he got that standing O, he's, he's definitely turned things around. So yeah, I, I do think the Phillies win tonight. But for the Marlins, the next question is for the Marlins: What do they need to do to come back and win this series? And uh, for the for them, first Garrett's got to be he's got to be better than Lazardo was last night. Garrett has got to give them give them a good amount of innings. He's got to pitch really well. And also, they need to get more. Pretty much everyone outside of their starting lineup, outside of Josh Bell, who had three hits last night, uh, they need to get more from other guys. Uh, Arise, Solar, and Chisholm, where he combined one for 12 with five strikeouts. That is not going to get it done against a team like the Phillies. Those guys got to step it up if the Marlins want any chance of, win- of winning this series. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, they got to have a good start tonight from – Braxton Garrett, um, you know, he's been decent. So, um, you know, hopefully he can give them six, seven innings tonight. And then, yeah, the other thing, yeah, it's a lineup, you know, it's not a great offensive team. And, yeah, they're going to need a Jazz Chisholm. They're, you know, Josh Bell continue to hit the ball well again tonight. And, yeah, so Lair, I know he's, you know, a big kind of power guy. He'll strike out a lot. But, yeah, they need him to get, get put the ball in play. Uh, you know, you hope a rise hits a little bit better tonight for him. But, yeah, because their bottom lineup's not great. Like the top of the ad order, they gotta get, they gotta produce some runs tonight, and you know, just to quiet that crowd down tonight, because that, you know, that 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 place is, you know, uh, electric, and you know, they fall behind tonight, it's gonna be very tough to cl- climb back with that with that atmosphere again tonight. Oh, absolutely, yeah, they fall behind. Forget it, forget it. They're going to lose. That this is that's one of the toughest places to play in baseball in the postseason. They 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 fall behind tonight. Forget it. Yeah, yeah, they're in trouble. They, they, they are, and you know, with the trade turnover ovation, maybe, maybe us as Yankee fans would try that when somebody's struggling because exactly. seems to yeah. work. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it definitely does. So, Phillies right now in really good shape. They should be in Atlanta on Saturday with that rematch against the Braves, which is going to be really exciting. I think they're going to give the Braves trouble again this year. Even how good the Braves are, I think mm-hmm. if the Phillies win this series, I think they're going to give the Braves trouble again this year. So, so, but we'll 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 see what happens there. So, but it looks like the Phillies are in really good shape to move on to the division series. But we will stay in the National League and we'll talk about the Diamondbacks. And it looked like early on, Brewers got this one, up three nothing, and then the third inning it all changed with uh, Corbin Carroll's two run homer, Kendall Marte. He had a solo shot. They got another solo homer in the fourth inning. Then Christian Walker got that big two run double in the ninth to seal it. The Diamondbacks win at six to three, and they're in great shape. Diamondbacks are in great shape right now, and the Brewers are in bad shape because they can't even get Brendan Woodruff. He's not even eligible for this to start in this series. You burned out your bullpen. You need to expect more to Corbin Burns. You burned out your bullpen. But we'll start with the Diamondbacks, and we'll start with what they need to do to get to LA on Saturday. And uh, first, to just keep hitting home runs. Those three home runs last night were huge. Those three home runs they hit last night were huge, and were the biggest reason why they won the game. Second. Uh, uh, Chris Chris Walker, he's got to continue to stay hot. He had a big night last night, had that huge hit 
to seal it, to, to put the Diamondbacks in great position to win in the ninth inning. And then lastly for them, Zach Gallon has got to pitch like he has all year long. If Gallon pitches like he did all year long, this team is in L.A. on uh, on Saturday facing the Dodgers. Yeah, for the D-backs tonight. Um, yeah, continue to play, I think, really good defense. Longoria made a couple of really nice diving stops. One of them was, that was an outfielder. Huge. That was huge. Yeah. Well, that one in the fifth inning was huge. Yep, yeah. Like Longoria has been – he's still an unbelievable defender, and he's been a great – that's been a great pickup for him to have that veteran guy in there. Um, so, you know, continue to play really good defense tonight because they, you know, Milwaukee left a ton of guys on. And, yeah, with um, Zach Allen tonight, they got to, you know, he's got to pitch wrong because they burnt they burn out a lot of their bullpen as well last night. And their bullpen's not great. They pitched really well last night, but throughout the year, it hasn't been great. So, I know Zach Allen's been a little bit better at home than he's been on the road, but – um. You know, if Zach Allen could go out there and his team could spot him a run or two, man, the, the pressure's going to turn up on Milwaukee very, very quickly tonight. So they need a really nice start for for Arizona. And they set up well. Like, if they can get out of it tonight, they got Merrill Kelly going game one. So, it, you know, That's for Arizona, really they good. get out tonight, be huge. Because they, they pitched an opener yesterday. They, they kind of burned out their bullpen, but they pitched an opener. So they rolled the dice yesterday at work. Yeah, Merrill Kelly in game one against the Dodgers, that, 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 that you got a chance there. Yeah. Well, um, they had the Kelly had the pitch um, I believe Saturday to try to, to still get into the playoffs. Gotcha. That's why, yeah. So that's so that's why he, you know, that's why he's not going till till tomorrow if there's a game three. So yeah, you know, it, it so kind of seemed like could get uh, Arizona trouble, but man, it might it might work out now. Um, if you win tonight. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. If they yeah if they win tonight, they're in good shape to maybe pull that huge upset against the Dodgers in the division series. So we'll move on to the Brewers, though, and really what they need to do to keep their season alive, they they need uh they need Peralta to be great. They need Peralta to be great because Corbin Burns into his job last night. Let's be honest, an ace has got to be much better than that than he was last night. He just did not clearly did not do his job last night. Peralta's got to pick him up tonight. If he doesn't, series over. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Peralta pitch has pit, you know outside of his last start against Miami, uh, you know he's been awesome late of late. So yeah, Freddie Peralta is a guy. You know, he, you can count on him to go like six innings. They're you know, you can't get six seven innings out of him tonight. You're going to be in really really good shape, and they're they're going to need Devin Williams too to pitch better than he did last night. They got an opportunity to close this That's game. That's another so. one. Devin Williams was yeah. terrible last night. That was another one. Yeah. Didn't, didn't give him a chance in the ninth inning. No, no, three walks, and then yeah, you know. Um, D-backs at that big hit there in the ninth inning. And, yeah, you know, um, and then the offense as well. So, you know, they left 12 guys on – or, yeah, 12 guys – they had 12 hit. They left, like, 11 guys on. So, that's got to be a lot better for them to, uh, tonight, too. They got knocking some – knocking guys when they when they got a chance. Sorry. Sorry, that was, that was my phone there. That yeah. was my phone. But yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my – yeah. <laughs> same thing as the national weather alert. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yep. still – yeah, as, as you said, <laughs> yeah, p- pitching's got to be better. They got to hit better with runners in scoring position. I saw they had guys on last night and they couldn't, they couldn't produce. And then, yeah, the same thing. Devin Williams, you got to be better. They got to be better than you are. You, know, you got, you got to hold them. You got to hold them there. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely do. You can't walk uh, three guys last night. That's you know big spot. And yeah, you know that kind of put the game out of reach. Arizona took care of business, and you know that's kind of what they've done all year. Like you know, talk about for the show, they're a good team of just kind of putting the ball in play. And, um, you know, it's a small ball team. And, yeah, they, they'll make you pay for stuff like that. So, yeah, you walk the bases, especially, too, because they could steal. They, they, you know, they've been – I think they're second in the league this year in stolen bases. So, yeah, you get a guy on, um, that guy could be on second and third with, you know, nobody out. And, yeah, it could could smell trouble. Very, you know, could be a lot of trouble for the Brewers. 
Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll move on to the American League and the Texas Rangers yesterday beat the Tampa they beat the Braves for nothing. Great start from Jordan Montgomery. Would like to like would like to have him still be a Yankee. Thanks, Cash, mm-hmm. for that one. But uh, but yeah, I mean, good start from Montgomery. They got a key hit from Seager. They got a big air by Jose Siri there to break the game open there. Yeah. But yeah, the Rays they clearly didn't hit. And but we'll move. We'll talk about the Rangers first and what they got to do to get to Baltimore on Saturday. And uh, first, Evaldi's got to pitch really well. Evaldi's got to pitch really well, and he has all year. So Evaldi's got to pitch really well. And, uh, and and they need a little bit more out of Garcia and Simeon. Those guys were not were not. We're, we're, I think they were combined one for nine. You need to get more out of Garcia and Simeon uh, because you can't rely on the fact that the Rays are going to get shut out again. I feel like they're going to score runs today, so they need to get more out of Garcia and Simeon. If those two things happen, though, the Rangers will be in Baltimore on Saturday. Yeah, for the Rangers tonight. Yeah, Boldy. Um, yeah, he's been good. You know, I know a couple starts since he came off the IL hasn't been great. But yeah, you know, you you hope tonight, postseason game or this afternoon, he could he pitches uh, better tonight against his former team and he does enough. And then, lastly for me for the Rangers is that bullpen. Uh, they pitched, you know, Leclerc and uh, Chapman pitched well last night. Um, but again, the bullpens, you know, Chapman's blown, you know, Chapman's blown a lot of games for him this year. You know, they've had other guys not be able to close the door. You know, if this is, you know, because I do expect that Tampa offense to be a little bit better. They're up late in this one. That all that 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 um bullpen's got to be uh lights out and and um, you know, they they cannot uh they cannot give up this give give the Rays um, you know, any life in this one. And this leads me to my next point about the bullpen of the Rangers. One of the big keys for the Rays to try to come back and win the series is they got to get into the Rays bullpen. They 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 got to get into the Rays bullpen. They I mean the Rangers bullpen. My bad. The Rangers bullpen. The Rays got to get into the Rangers bullpen. Uh, they can't. They last 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 night they did not do a good job of it. T- today they have to get into the Rangers bullpen or they're not gonna they're not gonna survive in the series. Also, uh, Paredes, the D- Diaz, and Ramirez they got to go and they were one for twelve. And Eflin's got to be good. Eflin has got to be really really good. So uh, those are the things that got to happen if the Rays want any chance of coming back and and not having not getting eliminated in the wild card round for the second year in a row. Yeah. For the Rays, I think you got to create your own atmosphere. You know, I, that the trop, it was the lowest attendance for a playoff game since 1919. Like, Oh, that was awful. That was awful. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. And you know, like the race seemed dead, like you've got to create your own type of atmosphere then, you know, like, cause they just, they, they, you know, they didn't, they, they really showed yesterday. They're, they're going to have to go out there and do a little bit of that to try to just to get something going offensively tonight or, you know, this afternoon. And then um, secondly, for me as well is defensively, they made, you know, four errors yesterday, just kicking the ball around. Um, They got to play good defense behind Zach Eflin. He's been really good this year at home. You you know, of all these tough, so it may be another low scoring game where an error or two, you know, an earned run there, here or there could really cost you tonight. So I think for Tampa Bay defensively as well, they, they got to uh, clean it up tonight. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. We'll see what happens. Rays trying not to be eliminated for the second year in a row in the wild card round. But we'll wrap up talking about the uh, Twins and the Blue Jays. And how about Royce Lewis? Two home runs in his first playoff game. Pretty awesome there. Yeah, pretty awesome there. And and what the Twins, to me, what the Twins got to do is to to get to the ALDS, to get to Houston on Saturday. Uh, uh, obviously, Royce Lewis has just got to stay hot. You know, he was red hot at those two home runs on 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 uh, set on on uh, last night yesterday against the Blue Jays. Then Sonny Gray's got to pitch like a, the Cy Young Award. He's got to have the season he's had. He's got to pitch like he has all year. 
and uh, and uh, and also uh, they just need to get a little bit more out of uh, Polanco and Correa, who were one for eight yesterday. But if all those things happen, the Twins will be in Houston on Saturday. Yeah, um, for the Twins, yeah, Sonny Gray's been awesome this year. Um, you know, he's probably going to finish the runner-up to Garrett Cole. You know, he's been terrific, and you know that. And then you know, so they got to have a nice another start, really good start from him, and then. Also for the twins, you gotta get a jump jump early on here. Um, you know, yesterday when as you mentioned, when Lewis hit that home run, man, that, that place was electric the rest of the game. And um it, it really set the tone for that for that game. So uh for Minnesota, you know, congrats getting their first win in 18 years in the playoff or 19 years, 18 straight losses. They, Last win they, was uh, against the Yankees in 04. Yeah, yeah, game one of the ALDS. So it's crazy it's been that long. That poor state with the Vikings, the Wild never got out of the first round, the Timberwolves stink. So it's been a tough playoff luck up there, but uh, looks like maybe the Twins finally finally broken that maybe here. So um, for for Minnesota here, you know, jump on them early because Barrios has a seven ERA this year against against uh, Minnesota against his former squad. So got to jump on them early. Yeah, exactly. That they jump on them early, they're winning the game. If they jump on them early, they're definitely winning the game. And now for the Blue Jays, what the Blue Jays got to do to save their season? Barrios has got to be really good against his former team. Barrios has got to be good against his former squad. Uh, and they also got to get more out of Springer and Guerrero. 0 for 9 yesterday, that can't happen. If they go 0 for 9 today, they're going to be eliminated. Again, just like the Rays, they're going to be eliminated for the second year in a row in the wild card round. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of pressure. Yeah, Guerrero's got to be better. I know Bichette batted 500, but he struck out in a big spot, I believe, the eighth inning last Saturday. You know, Guerrero and Bichette, that core has not won a playoff game yet. There's, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on this team. They got to get They got to get one of these Um you know, so for this team, I think it's also kind of get something going early. I know Springer, you know, he can he can hit a home run to uh, start the game. It'd be nice if they, you know, he can get something going early on in this one. Um, try to get Sonny Gray, you know, um, you know, I, I, you know, um, try to get him out of rhythm early on here. And then also for them, they, you know, and then and then it's also on, I guess, um, and then Barrios, as I mentioned, he's got a seven ERA against he's got against his the twins this year he's got to pitch well tonight um he's got to, he's you know i know he's been very up and down this year but they need a solid start from him tonight because sunny gray you would think is not going to give up a lot of runs so you're going to have to keep this game very low scoring and um they're, they're going to need a strong you know you, you they gave up a lot for him for a moment like this and you, you gotta go out and perform tonight absolutely 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 yeah yeah, d- d- definitely definitely so this yeah this is this is a huge game for the blue jays and you talked about their young core you talked about their young core. And I remember when I saw this young core in Hartford back in like 2018 with Guerrero, Bachette, and BGL, uh, you thought this this team's going to be amazing. It seems going to be great. And uh, they came up in 2019, struggled a little bit. 2020 made the playoffs in a shortened year, so you, so you give them that. But 2021, they had expectations to make the playoffs. They missed the playoffs entirely. Last year, they didn't even win a playoff game. They had that huge lead against the Mariners in game two, and they, and they completely collapsed in that game. And now they're on the brink of elimination again in the wild card round. This 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 Blue Jay core, all with all the hype, they have not gotten to the division series. So there is a lot of pressure on the Blue Jays to win tonight. Today, oh yeah, absolutely, there is. You know, yeah, Guerrero. I remember seeing him in Hartford and the show that they put on. Um, yeah, you know, like this core, this is supposed to be, you know, for Toronto, this kind of next, you know, what they had there. You know, this is supposed to be a team to get their first World Series since '93, and and lately, you know, they're pit- and it's been the it's been the bats. You know, they haven't been great yeah. this year, and the pitching's pitching been stuff. good. Bassett, Gossman, oh, yeah. Barrios, the pitching's been good this year. Kikuchi, yep. yeah, yeah, the pitching's it, been it good. Has. 
been it's been the yeah. bats really outside of Bichette and Guerrero. No one is. I mean, and Springer's been okay. No one's had a good year. No, like Matt Matt Chapman's had a really down year this year, and it's a and it's a uh, contract year for him too. So it's disappointing. And you know, if Dalton Marshall, you know, the average was down this year, and so yeah, that doesn't like, make that Guerrero guys... trade look good. No, it doesn't. No, because Guerrero's played really well this year for Arizona, and you know, Ken and um. Kirk, who you know was an All Star last year, he he wasn't as good either this year. So yeah, for Toronto, it's been disappointing because that that lineup was supposed to be pretty scary, and it just really wasn't. I think they had the best year in baseball, but yeah, you know, a lot of strikeouts, and then you know, a lot of base running mistakes too from the team. Bichette, you know, last night he got in trouble. There was a game at Boston this year. He got <laughs> thirty feet when a and a, and a you know when they lost by one. So you know, I feel like yeah, for Toronto, they got it. They got to see. They got to get one of these because yeah, it would. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a great team, but yeah, it's you're getting close where you got to pay Guerrero. I think two years Guerrero and Bichette are you know become free agents, so you got to get this going, you know now. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see what happens with the baseball playoffs. Going to be interesting. Division series will start on um on s- Saturday, and we'll be definitely talking about that next week. But we got to shift over to college football, and we got the Red River rivalry this week. But before we talk about that, we we are you're, we're going to hear from our friends at. JPEG Financial, and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC, is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no big... There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. To week six of the college football season, and it all starts with the Red River rivalry on a, on a Saturday as Oklahoma number twelve Oklahoma faces number three Texas. Last year, Texas embarrassed them in Dallas, beating them forty nine to nothing. 
And I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be a close competitive game between the two teams. But I think the difference in this game is going to be the quarterback. I think Quinn Ewers is going to outplay Dylan, uh, Dylan Gabriel. And that's why I think Texas wins it. I think they win it by two scores. I got Texas winning the Red River shootout by the by a score of 31 to 20. But Justin, can OU get revenge from getting embarrassed last year? I need to be tough, but again, this is a game where usually the unexpected happen. It's always wild. You never know what's kind of going to happen. So, but I got the I got the uh, Longhorns doing this one, 38 to 31. I just I think in this game, Texas in the front or, or in the trenches. You think about the last 12 years, Texas has not had many offensive or even defensive linemen drafted, you know, drafted into the NFL. This year, I think that changes. I think they're better right now up front than Sooners are. The Sooners are definitely better um, open field tackling-wise than they were last year. I think Dylan Gable has played really, really well so far, but they really haven't faced anybody. They really haven't faced a great offense yet either this year. So it would be a you know good test for um, Oklahoma to kind of see where they're at. But the way Quinn Ewers is playing and um, Jonathan Brooks, who – you know, he's, you know, for Texas running back, he's third in the country right now in rushing. Um, I got the Longhorns win this one. It's always a shootout. I got it 38 to 31. I think Texas takes care of business in Dallas. Got a match of two undefeated teams in Columbus as to, to his brother, little brother, takes his Terrapins to Ohio State to face the number four Ohio State Buckeyes. And I think the Buckeyes run the ball with Henderson. I think McCord plays well. I do think they force a couple turnovers from uh, from, from to his brother. And I got Ohio State winning this one. I got to win it by three touchdowns. I got the Buckeyes staying undefeated, beating the Terrapins 38-17. to I assume you got the same, Justin. Yeah, I got the Buckeyes in this one, 41-20. Maryland defensively have not faced anybody good. And Virginia, who is not a great offense, actually had some success moving the football against them. Um, so I, I think Maryland's going to have a really tough time stopping Kyle McCord. They haven't seen a wider series yet like Marvin Harrison Jr. or uh, Mecca Bouquet. And I think the tariffs are in for a tough one. And look, you know, you know, at, when Ohio State's played Maryland at home, they're averaging like 62 and a half points per game. But they, they, I don't think they're scoring that many this week. And the last three times they, Ohio State's put up 62 on them in the uh, in in Columbus. But I don't think it's gonna happen this time. I think Maryland will make some plays, but I think this Ohio State defense is for real. I, I think this is the best defense they've had in a long time. I think. Um, Talia Tagovailo is going to have a rough day. He's usually prone to a turnover, too. I think that's going to happen this one. I think Ohio State take care, takes care of business in this one. SEC matchup as LSU travels to undefeated Missouri. Um, so we'll see what Missouri's made. Brady Cook has played really, really well so far. But I do think uh, I do think Jaden Daniels is too much for Brady Cook. And I do think LSU wins this one. I got LSU beating Missouri 30-20. to 20, But Justin... Can Mizzou stay unbeaten and end the Tigers' playoff hopes? I mean, the yeah, LSU Tigers' got, playoff hopes. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I got, I got the, uh, I got the Missouri Tigers. This you one. got Missouri? I'm, I, oh yeah. What, what, I, what do you like so much about Missouri? Luther Burden. You were gonna learn his name. The number one recruit, overall recruit from last year, local St. Louis kid, um, Eli Durkowitz. You know, last year they, Missouri's the lead receiver in, in the SEC last year is the. Um, Dominic Lovett. Now he's at Georgia. He just lined up at the slot last year in, in um, Luther Burden's taking that spot over. Eli Durgowitz does a great job just scheming guys out of the slot open. LSU's got nobody to guard him. And uh, it, look, Missouri's secondary is not great either. 
but I'll take Missouri's defense to get a stop more than I trust LSU right now. That was an absolute embarrassment. Um, the way they played defensively Saturday night. That's a joke. Now, now you're telling so now they got to wake up for a 11 a.m. game in Columbia. Uh, like their playoffs hopes are pretty much dead. I know they still could get the ACC championship game, but I don't know where this team, this LSU's heads at. The, these guys' heads are at. Brady Cook set an SEC record, but he's still continuing 348 um, pass attempts without an INT. I just think uh, their Missouri's offense is going to do enough in this one. I got them winning this one, 38 to 34, and LSU should not be ranked. It's a joke in the AP poll. I, I'm AP poll just it's a how you know they just love the mediocrity SEC teams around it out. It's a joke. Wow, wow. So who do you think should be ranked ahead of LSU? Give me Air Force. Give me. Oh Air wow, wow. I, I wouldn't go that far. They're killing everybody. They don't have a loss. I don't want three and two in week six of being the top 25. Give yeah. me an Air Force or even a Maryland. I'll take that. They're, Maryland's undefeated. Yeah. You know, I, I'd be fine with that over LSU. It's a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but if they win, if they went out, though, it won't be. But there's a very small chance they'll win out because they still got to play out. Oh, yeah, it's a very, yeah. Oh, yeah, this defense is not stopping anybody. I knew their secondary was bad. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. That You know, it, it it's atrocious. So, yeah, they you know, they went out. Don't prove me wrong, but uh, I I I don't see that happening. Right? I don't I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening all this year. We got a matchup of two. We got an, a, a Pac-12 matchup in LA as Washington State travels to LA to face Chip Kelly and the UCLA Bruins. And I think this is a close, competitive game. And I'm going go with the Bruins here in the upset. I got them winning at 30 to 27 over Washington State. But Justin, can Washington State keep their perfect season alive? I think it's going to be a difficult one. I got the Bruins as well in this one, 31 to 24. Um, I think, you know, UCLA, you know, I think they're going to, I think they're more physical than Washington State up front. And I think they're going to have a really good game on the ground. You know, Ball State transfer, uh, Carson Steele, I think, you know, big physical back. I think he's going to have a pretty good game against Washington State defense that is not great. Like, it's it's okay. And I think that's going to be the difference. I think Dante Moore coming off the bye, he got rattled. He threw a pick six against Utah a couple weeks ago and he was just rattled and I think he kind of struggled to settle in that ball game uh, coming off the bye I think he's going to play a lot better this week you know I think he's going to have a good game running as well and um, you know for the Washington State Lincoln um, Victor their top wide receiver I don't think he's going to play he's been on a high ankle sprain so you know I, I he's doubtful right now and I think that's going to be a big loss and Cam Moore I think makes some plays because the UCLA secondary is not great but, uh, you know, I think at home UCLA takes care of business on um, Saturday. We got an SEC matchup as L as Bama faces Texas A&M. And uh, th this is a rematch of a game t two years ago that Texas A&M won. Texas A&M did play them tough last year. So I think this should be a, a really, really close competitive game between these two teams. But I'm going to take the better coach here in Nick Saban. I think that Jalen Milroy has played better over the last couple of weeks. I think, do think they forced a couple turnovers, too, on defense. I got Bama winning this game 27-20, but Justin, can Fisher beat Saban for the second time in three years? Believe it or not, I, I'm digging AM. Wow. I don't, you know, I might regret this Saturday. Wow. Well, you're taking AM. So, so you got Bama with two losses. So this is your pick. AM and so you think it's gonna come down to AM and old miss for this for the uh for the for the for the West? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Which <laughs> tell me that back in August, and I probably would have said I'm crazy. But look, I think AM up front defensively, I think they're gonna get pressure on Bama. 
I, you know, right now, I think they're, they're leading the country right now. They're getting uh, pressure, like 23% of the snap um, passing situations. And Shamar Turner has kind of been a big force of that. He's got three and a half sacks already, two forced fumbles on the year. Um, and look, you know, Bama, the pass protection is not great. The run blocking has been pretty good the last two weeks. But, you know, you look at them going on the road, like they scored 10 points against South Florida. They, 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 you know, they haven't been great on the road so far. I like what Max Johnson's done, and I Bobby Petrino's done a really good job with that offense. And I, I Fisher has definitely let go of the reins there. And the other thing is too, you know, AM's weakness is the secondary. We saw that in the Miami game, but I don't think Jalen Railroad is going to expose that. And that's why I think AM's going to make enough plays. And I think they shut down, shut them down enough. And I think AM wins this thing 27 to 23. We'll see. We'll see. Real risky though. Going, I didn't go. I didn't go against Alabama yeah. against Ole Miss. So you're going against them against against the Texas A&M. You're still not buying Alabama, even after win over Ole Miss and their win over. Mississippi yeah, State. I thought they. I thought they played better in the second half. I I thought you know I think they're starting to play a little bit better, but I just I think A and M's actually pretty good. Like I think Miami. I know they lost. You know Miami beat A and M, but I think Miami's a really good football team. I can't wait to let them and Florida State play in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, back to the old days with those two teams, back to the yeah, old rivalry. Been it's been a while time. since that game has meant, meant, yeah. meant, something, meant this much. Yeah, that would definitely, yeah. So that that will be fun. It'll be, it'll be very exciting when those teams face off in a few weeks. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But we are going to move on to the game in Chapel Hill as Syracuse travels to Chapel Hill to face uh, North Carolina. And I think North Carolina wins this one. They win it by two scores. I think Drake May is a good game, and I think their defense – Plays pretty well against Syracuse. I got the Tar Heels 31-17 over Syracuse. Yeah, Syracuse, they don't have a ton of weapons on the outside. And I got the Tar Heels as well, 34-20 in this one. You know, they asked Garrett Schrader to do a lot running the ball and throwing-wise. And, you know, I, I Clemson was able to move the ball against them last against the Orange last week. And, you know, um, Cape Clemson played pretty well. You know, Tar Heels are coming off a bye. You know, I think, you know, North Carolina's done a really good job this year of, of balance offensively. They've they've done a really good job around the football as well. Their defense is a little bit better this year um, as well. And I, I think Drake may makes less mistakes and get it straight. And I think North Carolina um, wins another one and, and remains uh, undefeated. We got an SEC matchup in Georgia as Kentucky travels to Athens to face Georgia. Two undefeated teams here too. Kentucky had that big, big win over Florida last week. UJ obviously struggled a little bit, but they, they ended up pulling it out against uh, Auburn. But I think in this game, I think it might be close for a half, but I think UJ pulls away with their run game and back. I think they eventually pull away, force Leary to turn the ball over a couple of times. I got UJ winning this one 34-17. But, Justin, can the Wildcats get into first place? Who would have thought with Will Levis and uh, Chris Rodriguez leaving? Who would have thought that? But can the Wildcats get into first place in the SEC East? No, I think Georgia – uh, you know, wins this one. I got him 27 to 10. You know, Beck, uh, Beck, I think, played really, really well. And I think Georgia, Georgia up front defensively, they're missing a Jalen Carter this year. Um, that's kind of, you know, that that's a huge loss for him. And you've already seen the impact he's made with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think Brock Bowers will be able to get the football. That's been Beck kind of go to guy when he needs somebody, um, to make a play. And for Kentucky, like last week was a huge surprise, like that, you know, um, they didn't show anything the first four weeks, and you, you, they hit everything for uh, Florida. And now you got to come back, play another big spot against you know against Georgia on the road here. I don't think Kentucky's gonna have a ton of success offensively. I think Georgia's defense is gonna shut them down. You know, 
again, Auburn had like 80 yards passing last week. I know and the couple of big plays Auburn had were unconventional running games. So I, I think um, for the Bulldogs, we'll take care of business. It might be close at halftime, but I think they pull away in the second half. We got Notre Dame traveling to Louisville this week, undefeated Louisville, but this is the big test for Louisville as they face Notre Dame. Notre Dame had a big win last week at Duke, kind of kept their playoff hopes alive. I think they win this week. I think I think uh, Drew, I think uh, Sam Hartman has another good game. I think they force a couple turnovers from from Louisville, and I think I think Louisville stays in it for a little while. But I think Notre Dame eventually pulls away. I got Notre Dame winning it by ten. I got Notre Dame thirty four to twenty four over Louisville. But Justin, can Louisville stay unbeaten and end Notre Dame's playoff hopes? Look, I think Jeff Braun can make enough scheme up enough plays in this one, but I got the Irish thirty one to twenty one and. The other thing that Louisville might be able to use for advantage is this is the third of uh, four straight primetime games for the Irish. So it's a lot to kind of keep asking, get up for these big games here. And, you know, the Irish offensively, I kind of, I said it last week, again, they third first three possessions last week, they got it all in the Duke territory, but they got 10 points. Like this team, I think they'll hit on some big plays against Louisville's defense. Cause it's not great. Jack Plummer's made some, you know, Jack Plummer, um, He's played okay. He had a really good game against against BC, and if you take that out, he's got six touchdowns and six INTs. So I, I could see him making a mistake or two in this football game. I think you know Jeff Brown's a great offensive mind. I think he's going to scheme up some ways here to to get some points up on the board. But I just think Notre Dame's offense is going to be too much for him. And I got the Irish um, one loss heading into that big showdown next week when uh, Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley come to town. Yeah, it's going to be a really good one between those two teams. Now we got Oregon State heading to Cal, and I think this is going to be a game that maybe Cal stays in early, but I think Oregon State's defense and their running game with Martinez, take, and I think DJ plays well too. I think that, that that all takes over in the second half, and that's why I got Oregon State keeping their playoff hopes alive with one loss. I get them beating Cal 27-17, but Justin, can Cal end Oregon State's playoff hopes? I got same score as you, 27-17 Beavers. And Cal, defensively, they're really, really good. They they don't have a quarterback. Like I think, uh, you know, Justin Wilcox is a really good defensive-minded guy. I think they're going to stay with it. But, you know, their quarterback situation right now, he's still – he said the other day, he's still – they have not settled in on a quarterback. So, I don't know who you're going to see. I think DJ makes enough plays. Silas Bolden, um, he's been his main target for DJ this year. I think he's going to play well. I think Damian Martinez does enough. And Cal's got a really good running back in Jalen Ott. If you could slow him down, you Oregon State's going to win this football game, and I think the Beavers up front are going to be able to do that. And you know, Berkeley's going to be sleepy, so Oregon State might have to uh, make their own energy there. But I get the Beavers going on the road, win by ten. All right, that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RNJ for Justin Nafio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about Week Seven of the NFL season. Continue. We'll be talking about the division series in Major League Baseball and Week Eight. Uh, no, no, let me, let me rephrase that. Week six, of, week six of the NFL season, the Division Series of Major League Baseball, and week seven of the college football season. Have a great weekend, everyone. Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a lot. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. 
Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, or even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.